Good morning. Welcome to the worship services from the First Baptist Church of Stillwater, Oklahoma. My name is Tim Walker and I'm the pastor here. We're glad that you're joining us on this Sunday morning. And I have a few announcements to share with you before we get to a time of prayer. And then we will open God's Word together. Uh, I'd like to uh, share a uh, special congratulations to uh, Kenneth and Charlene Klutzenbaker. They will be celebrating their 70th wedding anniversary this coming June the 2nd. And so we say congratulations to them. I also want to tell you, church family, that our church council has a uh, subcommittee group out of the church council that is working on a plan for reopening the church in the future. Uh, That plan will involve uh, the fact that we will still be under social distancing guidelines. We will need to have uh, people sit uh, probably every other pew and only so many on a pew. Uh, We will uh, need to wear masks. We will also not pass the offering or have a bulletin. Uh, We will be making a number of changes to allow us to uh, meet with social distancing guidelines. We'll not plan to have Sunday school when we first start back. And uh, very soon we will uh, present this plan to the church council for approval, then get a copy to everybody. Uh, But I'm planning to write a letter this week to everyone and just telling you where we are in this process. Uh, It's hard to believe it's been so many weeks now since we uh, stopped having worship services. And I know it's been a long time for all of us in many respects. Uh, We want to continue to pray for uh, businesses that are trying to reopen in our state and around the nation. And we want to uh, just uh, ask the Lord to be with us in these days. Uh, Several prayer requests I'd like to mention. Leon Boyer is uh, having some problems with his foot. Uh, Circulation is not good and they have some issues there. Joe Ray's having some health issues. Um, And I just want to say thank you for all the cards, the calls, the expressions of sympathy in my mother's death. Uh, We were able to have a a funeral service since the guidelines had been lifted, eased at least a a little bit. And so we had a service for my mother uh, a week ago, uh, Friday, and uh, that seemed to go very well. My uh, children and grandchildren were able to be there as well as cousins and friends. Uh, So uh, we had, uh, I thought, a good... uh, service for my mother and uh, continue to pray for my family. Uh, Let us pray for those who are ill. Uh, Numbers of coronavirus, uh, people affected by it still continue to increase in our state. And there have been deaths again recently. Uh, We want to pray for cities across the United States that have been affected not so much by protest. Protest is a part of free speech and we're allowed to do that as Americans. But the looting and rioting that follows that is uh, uh, against the law in cities. So we want to pray for the impact that's being felt uh, across our nation right now. Would you bow your heads with me, please? We go before the Lord in prayer. Almighty Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open the Bible together and to worship you this morning. Lord, we ask that you'll guide our hearts right now. We pray for those who are ill and recovering. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray for you to put your hand upon our nation right now. And Lord, lead us in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would, 
open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. We're continuing on our study of the uh, uh, impact of Jesus, the uh, our, our appearances He made after His resurrection, and then leading up to today, which is Pentecost Sunday around the world, uh, the day in which uh, Christians remember that the disciples received the promise that Jesus had for them when He told them to tarry in Jerusalem. So Acts chapter 2, I want you to look with me at verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 13, and then we'll look at uh, this portion of the chapter. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. At the beginning of this passage, we read that the day of Pentecost had come. The day of Pentecost was one of the three great Jewish feasts the festivals where the Jews were encouraged to come to Jerusalem and there observe the laws and uh, the statutes and the great and mighty deeds of God. On this feast, Pentecost, it's actually the feast of the first fruits or the feast of the harvest. It comes 40 days after uh, the uh, Passover feast and it comes on a Sunday. And the people who come together uh, are um, able to make Jerusalem much bigger than it usually is. And Luke tells us that there are people from all over that world, Jews who've come to observe this festival. So when the day of Pentecost comes, we see that this is an emphasis upon the harvest. God's people in Jerusalem, God's people there to celebrate the harvest, and yet God has a greater and unexpected harvest for them. The next thing we notice is that they were all together in one place. They continue to be together in unity. We read earlier in Acts chapter 1 how that they have uh, spent their time together, joined in prayer, and there was the disciples, and there was uh, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, women, uh, his brothers, and we read how they had taken the action of 
replacing Judas, who had been lost to them. And they now have 12 apostles again. And they have been spending their time in prayer and agreement, making their lives prepared for what God is going to do for them. And so they're all together in one place as they've been for this period of time. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Suddenly the Spirit comes with the sound of a violent wind. Now I think it's significant that Luke says violent wind. He doesn't say that the breeze just came in from the window. He said that they experienced this like a violent wind. And it came suddenly which is a reminder that when the Lord does something, He does it in His time. He chooses the time. We can pray, we can ask, and we see people in the Old Testament, New Testament doing the same thing. They pray, they ask, but God comes and does what He plans to on His timetable. And they saw what seems to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them we see God doing great manifestations of His Spirit in different ways in Scripture. We read with the uh, children of Israel in the Exodus that there was a pillar of cloud that guided them by day and a pillar of fire by night. Uh, we know that the Holy Spirit comes and fills God's people for great purposes in the Old Testament. Uh, we read here that uh, the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost Later in Acts chapter, chapter 4, uh, the Holy Spirit comes on them again. In Acts chapter 10, we read about the Spirit coming upon Cornelius and his household. So we see instances where the Holy Spirit comes and comes to do what God plans. And here God manifests this Spirit with the sign of fire. Here is fire. It's maybe somewhat like what Moses saw the burning bush, a fire that burns and does not consume, a fire that burns and is present, a fire that probably means symbolically that there is something going on in the lives of these disciples, this experience that is new and different. And it says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I think what's significant about this is what Luke writes immediately afterwards. There in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They are going to hear these disciples speaking about the greatness of God in their native languages. Uh, Luke says they're from all nations of the world. That these languages represent people from all corners of the earth. And now the disciples are going to be speaking with the power of the Holy Spirit in languages that these people understand. I believe that the great miracle here is the witness that God is bringing to this day of harvest. I don't believe that the focus is just on speaking in tongues. We see other occasions where the fullness of the Spirit comes and tongues does not accompany that particular filling of the Spirit. And we also know from our reading of Scripture that when we become believers in Christ, that we receive the Spirit of God. And then we can continue to experience the presence of God throughout our lives. It's like we can choose to be filled with God to about the capacity of a cup. Or we can seek to serve the Lord and 
create a greater capacity in our lives, maybe the capacity of a small tail. We can continue to grow in closeness to the Lord and in service and increase the capacity of our lives again to where we can literally be filled with the Holy Spirit throughout our lives. There's no limit to the filling. And what is happening on this day of Pentecost is that these Jews who've come from so many other places, they are going to hear about the greatness of God in their own language, which will be a remarkable testimony to them. So when they hear the sound and they hear this going on, the crowd comes together and they are immediately bewildered because they hear what's being said in their own language. And Luke gives us a list of these people, of the places that they are from, uh, Parthenia, uh, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus. He goes through this list, even including Rome, uh, Jews and converts to Judaism. And it says in uh, verse uh, 12 that they hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. That's the great miracle of Pentecost, that these disciples who were staying in an upper room together, these disciples who had been silent, not without a public witness during this period of time leading up to Pentecost, these disciples who were told by Jesus that they were going to be witnesses throughout all the earth, that they now have a fullness of the Spirit and a boldness, and they are giving witness to all that God has done. They are telling of God's great works, of God's great works in sending His Son Jesus, in sending Jesus to perform the miracles that He had performed, in sending Jesus to speak the words that Jesus has for us in God's Word. And all of these things, they are amazed to hear these disciples speaking. If the disciples had been wondering, how are we going to take the good news about Jesus out into the world, here is the answer. It is not that they are going to take the good news about Jesus through any method other than themselves, through any experience other than their own experience. They are going to be the witnesses. They are going to go and take with them what they know of the greatness of God. We see that some of them made fun. And they said, well, they've had too much wine, which may be a reminder to us that great works of God are always questioned. Great experiences of God are not always respected. And we should expect in this world that as God works in the lives of His believers that not everybody will necessarily think that it's a great thing or a good thing or even anything that is valid. And what I believe we should take to heart today is that the day of Pentecost came and that these followers of Jesus were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled to the brim. They were filled to overflowing. And in their overflowing, they gave witness to what they knew of God, to what they knew of Jesus. And it's going to have impact. You know, explorers down through the centuries have sometimes come across a great river and wanted to find the source of that river and have traveled its distance to go to the headwaters to where the river begins. If we look in the world today and say, what is this force called Christianity? 
What is this impact and influence that is all around the world? Where does this come from? What is the headwaters? We would go back through the centuries tracing, following, studying, learning, and come to this. The ministry of Jesus Christ, His crucifixion, His resurrection, and His promise to the disciples that they should tarry in Jerusalem until they receive power to be witnesses in all the world. So Pentecost is the great headwaters of the church and the source of what we seek to do in the world today. Now I want to talk about something else that's on my heart. I was watching television last night. I couldn't help but notice that in the great concern over the untimely, cruel death of George Floyd, the hands of policemen, an act that should not have occurred, but then there's so many acts like that that should not occur at all in our country, that people who have been genuinely hurt by that have every right to protest. And we should be sensitive to that as Christians, that our society be a just and merciful society, and we should want this. But to see the reaction of all of this protest leading ultimately into violence is a concern. And I think what we see is that when you take God, try to take God out of a nation and its teachings and its laws and its citizens, that the reaction of people to tragic events can be far beyond what we would hope they would be. I think that we as American Christians need to stand for the rights of everyone. We as American Christians need to be sensitive to these days that we're living in. We as American Christians need to do the best we can to see that all people are treated equally and all people are respected because that is how God sees us as people, all of us as people in this nation. Now, knowing that, I believe that we need to pray in these days. There's some things that we need to keep in mind as we think about Pentecost. What is the church to be on this day of Pentecost in these times that we live in the United States? What does the day of Pentecost mean for us going ahead? I think for one thing, it reminds us that we are to always seek and to receive the power of God to tell of God's greatness. The solutions to our problems will ultimately come from understanding God's greatness, God's care, God's love, how God wants us to treat others, how we will stand before God one day in judgment as to how we treat and handle His creation. Another thing we should seek to do is to receive the power of God to live showing Jesus is all-sufficient. You know, whenever the church is not gathered in a building, the church is still present. And the reality is that right now in America, the church is in society. And we need to pray and seek the ways that we can be an influence, a voice, a vote, a word, a stance taken for justice. We need to seek the power of God to live so that we show Jesus. We need to seek and receive the power of God 
to influence our days for the Lord. We want to pray that God's church will be an influence. And it'll take all churches. It won't be just a church. It'll be all churches. It won't be just one kind of church, one kind of people. It'll be all kinds of church. And we need to really join arms together with our fellow Christians, whoever they are, wherever they are, and say in our nation today that we want to stand for the very best. We want to show the love of God. We want to be witnesses to Jesus. We want to love others. We want to respect others. We want to treat all others as the Lord has already treated us. I ask you to pray in these days. I ask you to receive this day of Pentecost as a reminder that the Spirit's the heritage for us as the church is power. Power to witness, power to tell of His greatness, power to be His influence in this world. Let us seek that afresh. Let us truly make this a day of Pentecostal power upon the church of Jesus Christ in these days. Would you bow your heads with me, please? We go before the Lord in prayer. Almighty Heavenly Father, fill us with Pentecostal power to tell of your greatness. Fill us with Pentecostal power to share the good news about Jesus throughout the world as missionaries, as witnesses, wherever we are. And Lord, lead us to go to all nations. And Lord, give us Pentecostal power to be an influence for good and for positive in our society as we love all people regardless of color, regardless of their background, regardless of where they've come from. Lord, help us to be an influence for your greatest good, which we know that alone truly has the power to work and transform society. Lord, make us Pentecostal Christians today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May God richly bless you in this week, and we'll look forward to having you uh, with us again next Sunday morning. God bless you.